The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the masculine journey. We're glad to have you with us today. We have a room full today. It's really pretty cool. We have some people that you won't hear on the microphone and probably because they knew Robbie was going to be away. And so everybody wanted to come in and kind of hang out with us today. But uh, Dennis, you're back this week. Are you feeling better? I'm feeling better. Good. We get a lot more talking in when Robbie's not here. We do. We do. Vinny's with us today. Vinny, you feeling all right today? Oh, I feel wonderful. Good. Good. And we have a, 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 a returning uh, friend of the show, Jim Graham. Jim, I'm glad to have you with us today. Great to be here. And then finally, we have a guest that's not been with us before, uh, Misty McCaden. And uh, hi, Misty. Hello. And so you need to be right up on the mic. Hello. Hi. <laughs> And uh, today we're going to be talking about a topic that I think a lot of times people only equate it to just one little area. Not little area, it's a major area in our life, but they segment it. And we're going to be talking about grief. You know, what is grief? Um, Why is it important to grieve? There's lots of questions that we'll try to cover today as we talk through some things. Where does it come from? Um, What's some of the stages of grief? And what's some of the myths about grief? And, And some of the do's and don'ts. Uh, as we get going, we're going to listen to a clip right out of the gate, and we'll come back and talk about it. And uh, it, it, today's show, what makes it very special, we have both Misty and Jim, who in their profession, uh, Misty, you're, you're a hospice chaplain with, which county are you with? I am with Community Home Care and Hospice in um, Montgomery and Stanley counties. Right, and so you go down to the facilities and go down to individual houses and help with hospice there. Yes. And, and Jim, you've done a fair amount of that type of stuff over your time in ministry as well. Yes, I've volunteered at hospice, but virtually everything in counseling has some level of grief involved. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the first clip we're going to listen to is from a movie called The Unfinished Life. And what happens before this clip, you have um, Jennifer Lopez is the wife of a deceased husband who got killed in a car wreck. Mm -hmm. And she's talking with her father-in-law who lost his son, which is Robert Redford. And I want you to just listen to how grief plays out for both of them in this scene. Griffin flipped a coin. What are you talking about? Griffin flipped a coin and I lost. So I was the one driving. It was three o'clock in the morning and we were both tired. We wanted to make it down to the rodeo in Great Falls. It was a flipped coin. Is that, what was it, a quarter? Was it a nickel? I don't remember what it was. I want to know what killed my boy. I killed a minor. Is that what you want to hear? It wasn't a change in our pockets or the wheat's coffee or the rain. It was me. I fell asleep and I flipped the car six times. I killed Griffin. He got no argument from me. You think it's something I forget? 
You think that I'm not sick with it every day of my life? But I tried to keep living, and you haven't. Is that why you hate me so much? You know, you act like I killed you the day Griffith died. Well, great. Lie all the way down and we'll bury you. Wow. Not a real uplifting clip. Nah. <laughs> so listen to that. And we're going to talk about the clip here in a second. But Jim, you were saying something before we went to the clip that grief isn't always when you lose a loved one. I mean, in this clip, you obviously hear a father who's grieving and a wife who's grieving for different reasons. But grief comes from a lot of different places, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, one of the bigger ones is death of relationships. Mm-hmm. There, You usually have more grief involved in a divorce than you do the death of a spouse. Mm-hmm. Because there's always the guilt, what else could I have done? Usually, I mean, you have that in death as well. And we heard that in the this clip. Mm-hmm. But you don't have the level of guilt and second-guessing and deciding, you know, what else could I have done? Plus, you have the person out there still. So there's always that part of well you know we're apart now yeah but we can still get back together mm-hmm. but normally and that extends the grief you know the grieving period and you know at some level people will look at that to some degree that um the person that died didn't necessarily have a choice in most cases mm-hmm. you know but in a relationship split somebody or some bodies had choices that were made along the way and uh Dennis, you dealt with a little bit of that this this past year, didn't you, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, part of the program I was in, we had a a grief class. And one of the things I realized through that process was that I still had some some grieving to do over a failed marriage, which I've been divorced for almost 22 years now and had long since thought that all of that was dead and gone, that, that the forgiveness had taken place, that the guilt was gone, and it wasn't. There were still things to process in this that I'd been walking around with for years. It would come up emotionally uh, at times, but there were many times where I just suppressed it. We had a daughter to raise, um, other things going on in our lives, and and there were times where I just walked on and never really dealt with it. And I think men tend to do that a lot of times. I'm not trying to stereotype us. Maybe Misty could say something about that, but I think a lot of times we just want to suppress it and not really deal with it, and that was something I had to face. Yeah, Misty, and, and what you do, I would I would imagine. I mean, I've not been in your shoes, but grief is a pretty daily thing that you deal with, isn't it? Yes, it is. Would it, do, do does everybody kind of process the same way? Do they react differently? What do you see when you're in people's homes or in a facility with family members or with a person who is on maybe their last few days or last few weeks? Grief is as individual and unique as the person. Um, as you, y'all were talking a few minutes ago, um, grief that can't be shared, like the grief of a divorce or the grief of um, something that can't be shared is actually called disenfranchised grief. And it is a grief that um, you feel like you have to hold inside and that nobody really will understand. Um, grief is an anger over a loss. A lot of times anger is a main proponent. Some It feels like someone has taken something from you. Um, they've ripped it away from you and you're 
a lot of times that's why you blame somebody because you're wanting to find an object to to blame so that you don't have to take that pain on inside yourself. As you listen to that clip, there's some blaming. Yes. Going on there. You, you've got the dad that's blaming a little bit, wanting to know who's, who's to blame, who's to blame. Mm-hmm. And she's living with guilt and blaming herself, isn't she? Yeah, she is. And it's, we try to make sense out of everything. We try to make sense out of everything that happens to us. And um, so blame is a way of trying to make sense and um, organize our thoughts, even though it might not be an accurate portrayal of what's going on. So we try to logically deal with grief. Yes. That works real well, doesn't it? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But grief is not logical. (laughs) Typically it doesn't work out. Vinny, now I'm sure you've seen opportunities for grief in your lifetime. You know, um, what's some other things that you've kind of seen? Death of a a loved one or loss of relationship. But what's some other things that people can grieve over maybe that you have in your life? I'm a firm believer that grief is... uh, it's the type of grief, most of the time it's a relationship that could stay with you all your life, and you don't want to give it up. And it, for me, it comforts me. I'm talking about my deceased wife. I can never forget her. I talk to her every day. And there's grief that, you know, you hear about something, and most of the time they die, and you grieve for a month or so, and you don't forget, but it's out of your mind. So me, for grief, grieving is a lifetime process for my type of grief, which was my first wife. I talked to her uh, three times a day, and it's as if she's there. Now, this may sound weird, but... That's what comforts me, to know that I could talk to her. Absolutely. Vinny, I want to ask you a question. I know we tease you a lot of times because you're a little bit older than we are. Yeah, just a little. Just a little. Um, but as you've gone through different stages of life, yeah, is there a grieving process maybe when you can do a little less than you could before or you can't do things the way you used to be able to? Is there a feeling of loss through that? Well, yeah, but, you know, as you're living, you know, especially – guy my age grief comes into your life almost every day from you'll see something that you're going to grieve about you know mm-hmm. so it's a steady thing it's just how you handle it i chose to handle it by forgetting it if that makes sense mm-hmm. she's not here he's not here two sons and a wife they're not here but that doesn't mean that I could be, uh, have to forget them, I just keep on respecting them and telling them, I love you. Mm-hmm. And that, that's how I deal but, with it. But in and that, that also helps you kind of move through that grief cycle. Oh, yes, it helps you move through that grief cycle, but uh, the thing that's very important is that there's all kinds of grieving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe, you know, and when something comes into your life like me, I, I'll tell you a little story getting off of my wife. Uh, I think I've told you before, Sam, I had a grandfather that died in 1941. I was 10 years old. Okay, figure it out. <laughs> uh, and I would walk with him, and he would hold my hand and speak to me in Italian, teaching me. 
and all of a sudden he died. I was devastated, you know, and in them days you didn't go to a funeral parlor. They put the body in that house for a week. Yeah. And I told you, you had to kiss them goodnight and blah, blah, blah. Well, when, when it was all over, I kept walking the streets that me and him walked every single day. And about a week and a half after that, my grandmother was at the end of one of the blocks, grabbed me by the hand and says, Nanu is gone. You got to forget. In other yeah. words, her husband. Yeah, and time to move, move on. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the stages of grief, the do's and don'ts of how to help somebody going through grief. And also, you know, what do we really do when we're grieving? How do we let that get out and deal with it properly? Come back and join us in just a minute and go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org to register for our upcoming boot camp. Masculine Journey Radio is listener supported and we are very thankful for every dollar. But I wanted to take a moment to share a really easy way that you can support us. If you use Amazon to purchase things, all you need to do is go to smile.amazon.com, which is their charity contribution site. And from there, select Good Heart Ministries to support. And Amazon will donate 5% of your purchase to us. To donate or watch a video on how to do this, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. That's MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Dealing with our masculine hearts and what does the Christian life have to do with any of that? That's why I could not be more excited about what's coming up November 3rd through the 6th. The event that realistically changed my walk with God more than any other thing other than coming to Christ initially was a boot camp. Yes, the team from Masculine Journey Radio is having our own boot camp. Four days and it's so affordable. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Early bird prices are in effect. MasculineJourneyRadio.org. down upon me, Jesus. You gotta help me make a stand. You just got to see me through another day. My body's aching and my time is at hand. I won't make it any other way. Oh, I've seen fire. So Dennis, you were pretty excited about this clip that we were going to play for the uh, bumping music, weren't you? Hmm. Well, yeah, I was pretty excited because James Taylor's from North Carolina, so we got a Carolina boy there that's written a lot of good songs over the years. I think he still goes out, as a matter of fact, in tours. Yeah, and if you guys were listening pretty closely, it's hard for people not to want to jump in and sing. You know, Absolutely. that's one of those songs that you you know pretty well. And you know, honestly, when I was looking for a clip, because you normally pick those uh, yeah. for us, and I was looking this week and and when I put in, in Google songs about grief, that song came up and I went, really? That's a song about grief? I mean, I've sung it for years and never really knew what the words were. You yeah. know, and then you really look at them and say, oh yeah, that's what's going on here. Um, and I don't, think I, I don't think that registered with me until I heard when you send it, send it, send it over. And I've listened to that song time and time again, but the, the topic of grief wasn't really what I was thinking about when I listened to that. No, I, cool. yeah, I didn't really think about it you know, when the person wasn't there anymore. Yeah. Um, there are stages of grief you go through, and for every person, they, they look a little different, and the duration is different. But Misty, what, you know, when, as you go through your, your uh, chaplain training and all that, what are those stages of grief that pe- people will typically move through? Well, the most familiar um, grief stages that we learn about was for, with Kubler-Ross. 
And um, there's been a lot of studying since then. And there's not any set way to go through those stages. And other people have come up with theories, their task or is a journey. But um, looking at the stages that you're talking about, there's usually five. And it's denial, bargaining, anger, depression, and then acceptance. Um, but it's not clear cut and you don't go through, you can go back and forth. You can do two simultaneously. Um, it, everyone is unique. And sometimes you'll even find that when you're grieving a new issue, all the old grief comes back Mm -hmm. and, um, it reminds you of things, you know, that, that maybe you haven't worked through, or maybe you have worked through and even the word work through is not an accurate way of putting it, but um, you are experiencing that, that pain all over again. Yeah, it, and Jim, I want to ask you a question on some of these stages. You know, denial, you know, what, when it says denial, what's that mean? What's that really kind of look like for somebody in life? Denial is often an early one. Mm-hmm. And it is an expression of, you know, I can't believe this happened. Or... You know, they're not going to die. And mm-hmm. it's often, if it's regarding a death, it's often immediately after or even before. You know, God's going to heal them. Yeah. And, you know, they may be in stage four cancer and every organ in their body is eaten up, but God's going to miraculously heal them. He can, but that isn't the norm by a long shot. Yeah. So what's bargaining tend to look like then? Uh, bargaining is taking a stance of, I'll uh, do this if you fix this yeah. to God. Yeah. And yeah. normally the bargaining is with God. Yeah, and it's probably that early on as well. You and, know? and often it's people that you know have no relationship with God normally, but you'll see that when they get into these life and death situations. Yeah, there's lots of things that grief is brought on by. We talked about that a little bit earlier, but you know, loss of friendship. We talked about relationship, and you understand that when it's a man and wife, right, or a marriage situation. But very much so, if you ever lose your best friend, you know, you have a big fight of some sort, and you know that relationship severed. You go through these same cycles to some degree, right? Because you do grief. I remember grieving quite a bit over the loss of a job. Yeah. It was a company I was with 17 years. Thought I was going to retire there. I've talked about it on the show before. But even today, I saw some pictures as I was looking up some stuff of from that company and sent them to some people that I worked with. And I hear constantly from them, boy, I miss that place. Hmm. You know, and still there's some level of that grieving that's going on. And it was just a place to work. Yeah. But it was more the relationships. They missed those relationships that was there. And if I can jump in. Yeah, absolutely. Misty pointed out something that's very important for people to understand. You don't go through here stage one, two, three, four, and now I accept it. Right. You can get to acceptance and then go back to other stages of grief. Hmm. I told, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but I talked earlier about hmm. my father dying. And I was at acceptance pretty quickly because God had set things up for me to accept it, despite the fact it was three weeks before my daughter's wedding. But five years later, God spoke to me in as real a voice mm-hmm. as I've ever heard, asking me why I was angry at them. 
And I knew immediately he was talking about, I was angry at my father for dying. I was angry at God for taking him. Mm -hmm. And so we go back to these things and we're never, I'm getting over grief is a phrase I don't like. Right. You get through grief and you're always going to have some level of grief over losses. Absolutely. My dad died in 1984 and I miss him every bit as much today as I did back then. Mm -hmm. It feels different. But it still hurts, and there's still a, a void there, you know, that's missing. I think that's what Vinny was talking a little bit about. So, Dennis, you talked a little bit about this earlier, but why is it important to let yourself grieve? You know, you talked about in your situation there was a 20-year span. Mm-hmm. What did that look like for you during those 20 years when you hadn't let yourself grieve p- properly? Well, it's certainly the first thing that comes to mind is trying to have uh, any other relationship, which are there, there was a few times with a, with a woman where I tried to f- have different relationships, and I was never able to stay in those relationships c- because I hadn't processed what what had happened with my wife and I. Um, there would be times uh, just out of the blue where where I would usually around New Year's or something like that where I would just break out in tears and I'd still have a lot of sadness mm-hmm. over what was going on. Another big issue was self forgiveness because I blamed myself for a lot of things that had happened in our marriage. And consequently, it affected my life in just about every area because I had never, never forgiven myself for the failure of the marriage. Yeah, and, and we haven't spoken yet about this, but the enemy is just loving the fertile ground. Absolutely. In the midst of all this, I mean, grief is a great place for him to step in and blame or you know, try to stir up uh, emotions, mm-hmm. you know, try to put you in turmoil in all different stages. How do you, I'm going to ask a couple of you guys, but how do you um, allow yourself to grieve? And and that's something that's hard to, to think about, but how, Misty, do you allow yourself to grieve? Well, first you have to give yourself permission to feel. Uh, a lot of people say you need to be strong, but it's actually not the time to be strong. It is the time to allow yourself to realize there's a hole where that loss used to be, whatever it is, the job. And... um you need to acknowledge that and allow yourself the ability to feel and to talk to other people about it and to discuss it openly. Absolutely. You know, for me, the story of losing both my parents, I won't get into it very deeply, but my dad, when he died, my oldest sister had said, you need to be strong. You're the man of the house now. And so I just shoved everything down and I shoved it down and it just came out all over the place. It was like a, a bomb going off, you know, at some point when my mom passed away this spring, um, as emotions came up, I just let them process. Yeah. You know, was there a couple times I shoved it down early on, but then God helped me and said, no, let it go. Mm-hmm. You know, do I still miss her? Yes. But I'm in a much different place with my mom than I was with my dad. You know, granted I'm a lot older as well, but you know, I also have let myself grieve through some of that process. Going to listen to a quick clip, and then we're going to talk very quickly at the end of how you can help others through grief. This is a clip from the uh, movie P.S. I Love You, and what happens here is the husband knows he's going to die, and his wife's 30th birthday is coming up, so he prepares something for her, a DVD that he's on that she gets to watch, and a cake that he has his name on it, giving it to her. And as you listen to that, I want you to just listen to how he, he plans to help her through this grief cycle. Hey, baby, surprise. I know this probably feels a little bit morbid, but I just hate the idea that I'm not going to be there to see you freak out over turning 30. I mean, it kills me not to be there. (laughs) 
That's funny. It's not. Okay, no, it's not. You're going to be so impressed. I have a plan, baby. Can you believe it? I've written you letters. Letters that will be coming to you all sorts of ways. Now, I thought I'd wait until your birthday because I figured you weren't even stepping out of the house for a while. Letter number one will be arriving tomorrow. Now, you must do what I say, okay? Okay? And don't try to figure out how the letters are coming. It's too brilliant and it'll ruin my plan. Just go along with me on this. Because the thing is, I just can't say goodbye yet. So, for starters, I want you to get dolled up and just go out and celebrate tonight. Go out with your girlies. I hereby free you from a party with your family, especially your mum. Oh, man, your mum's there, isn't she? Sorry, Patricia. It isn't that I don't love you, mum, but you need to get a little crazy, so have a slice of the bloody cake, put on your party dress, and get out of the apartment. Denise, make a plan. I'm on it. I'll help. Just leave me with John, okay? And know that wherever I am, I'm missing you. Happy birthday. As you listen to that, you hear a husband that not only has a desire to help his wife get through grief, but he enables the friends to jump in, and you hear how excited they are to help. Now, you can't force somebody through grief. That's not what we're implying, mm-hmm. but you can help. And Misty uh, and Jim, as you, what's some things that people can do when someone's going through grief that can help them? Never assume that you know what someone else is going through. The best thing that you can do is to say, I'm sorry, and um, not offer any platitudes that are, you know, somebody's better off that way, or, you know, God mm-hmm. took them. That's that's really not the time to say it. And Jim, as far as what you can say, speak to that, what's some things that they can do to help someone who's grieving? The most important thing is to really be present with them. Saying things like Job's friends, mm-hmm. they were doing a great job when they were mourning with Job. As soon as they started trying to fix it, they were sinning against God. Absolutely. So staying away from some of those things that you hear people say, like it was it was their time to go. God took them, you know. Um, or I remember how I felt when this happened. That really doesn't necessarily help the situation, but just loving them through it. It, it is something that pastors want to say. This is part of God's plan, and it's really one of the worst things you can say in that moment. Absolutely, yeah. and, and everybody's guilty of doing this, but I hear Christian friends, and I've done some of this. And so I'll put on our website some of these tips on what to say, what not to say, and some myths about grief. But thank you for listening. Go to maskandjourneyradio.org to register for the upcoming boot camp. Talk to you next week.